Good Friday afternoon to you. I hope your weekend is off to a great start. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. Plenty of to talk about uh, little calves, little browns. A little later in the show, Ashley Bastock from the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com will join us, and we will talk plenty of calves and browns with her. We're going to start talking calves and browns with Tim Bielek, also from the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Time for us to head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, this one about the Hugh Jackson, Cleveland Browns, Jimmy Aslam stuff that's going on right now. Hi, this is Haley. Um, why do you think Hugh Jackson is making all these claims about the Browns and, like, taking and stuff, and why hasn't he moved on? He got fired in, what, 2018? Didn't do good as a co- as our coach, and I hope he he has another coaching opportunity, which is great. But anyway, my question for you is why can't why is Hugh saying all this stuff? All right, Haley, appreciate uh, the voicemail, and, and Tim, I think uh, let's welcome in Tim Dealer from PlainDealerCleveland.com. I think Hugh is trying to repair his NFL image. Um, I don't think he can do it. I'll just, I'll, I'll, that's all I will say about that. But I think it is a, a repair your image attempt by Hugh Jackson. Yeah, you don't go 0-16 and, and magically think he could repair your image. I mean, Rod Marinelli, who was the other coach who went 0-16, never got another head coaching job ever since. I don't know if he even got close to uh, getting a head coaching job after that. But, yeah, I think with Hugh, it's image. I see a guy who really, in his time in Cleveland, never really took responsibility for what happened there. And, you know, we've seen all the time in the NFL, coaches do more with less. And the example I think of is Brian Flores. I mean, in 2019, the Dolphins were expected to go 0-16. Everybody thought they were going to go 0-16. He takes that team that might have had less talent than the 2016 or 2017 Browns, and won five games with it. He got the absolute most of that out of that team, whereas Hugh Jackson just couldn't do it. He was never able to adjust. He never really got anything right as far as decision-making. And even when he had Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry at the beginning of 2018, won two games. He won two games and was fired, and Greg Williams takes that same team and wins five. So I, I agree with you. There's, there's an image to repair, but the numbers don't lie. And obviously with Hugh Jackson, I mean – Four win, three, four wins as a head coach with the Cleveland Browns. I think it's three. It's not good, and it doesn't, you know, reflect. It it's a reflection of the bad job he did for the Cleveland Browns as a head coach. I agree, and and you mentioned zero and sixteen. Don't forget, there was a one in fifteen. Um, Paired with that, you know, 131. That's why January thirty first is always Hugh Jackson Day in Cleveland. All right, um, you kind of touched on it. Jimmy Haslam um, didn't take kindly to it, and it didn't take uh, the owner of the Browns long uh, to respond. Um, This is from Knox News. Hugh Jackson never accepted responsibility for our record during that time period. Um, He's been masterful at pointing fingers, but has never accepted any of the blame. I've accepted a ton of the blame, rightfully so. A lot of things I could have done better. Hugh has never accepted blame for, for one thing. I can't think of any individual I've worked with over the past 45 years. I've spent as much time trying to help to be successful as Hugh Jackson. Um, his third year when our roster began to dramatically improve, 
Eight games he coached, we were two, five, and one after he was dismissed five and three. You can argue with uh, some things, Tim, but those are facts at the bottom. And, and you mentioned the numbers as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any issue with Jimmy Haslam being upset. Again, when Hugh Jackson said he was paid to tank, what he then backpedaled and said was very different than that. And Jimmy Haslam has every right to be upset. If, if in fact, um, what it appears to be um, that, that Hugh Jackson was fabricating, that is true. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I was watching that Sports Center interview Wednesday with Hugh, and I really got nothing out of that. Nothing that seemed scandalous or inflammatory that backed up his words. He really just kind of repeated the same thing. And I mean, if we're going to be if we're going to be fair as well. It's not like Jimmy Haslam's also blameless. He's made plenty of mistakes as the owner of the Browns. The, at least the thing is, at least he's been accountable for those. He's gone up at least several times and said, basically said that he needs to get it right. It seems like he's got it right, at least right now with Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. It's taken him some time. But, you know, accountability matters. That's that's how you create a culture in sports is you hold yourself accountable. And by holding yourself accountable, you're holding your staff, your players, everybody in that building is accountable. And if the head coach isn't going to do that, then you basically are, then you're basically telling the rest of the team, well, I'm not holding myself to a standard. Why, why should any of us as players be held to a certain standard? So there's just that whole thing with Hugh. It looks so good at the time when the Browns hired him. It was a hot commodity, but it couldn't have gone. I don't know if it could have gone much worse for the Browns than when, than what it did. Yeah, I agree. And and I was somebody that thought it was a good hire. I, I won't can't gloss over it. I thought when they got Hugh Jackson, I liked what he did uh, with the Raiders in a half a season with uh, Jason Campbell. So I thought it was a good hire. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, I thought they let him go one year too long. Uh, you know, they should have moved on uh, at the at the end of the year instead of in the middle of the the previous season. All right. Uh, we got another voicemail of truth and reason uh, about Hugh Jackson. Um, I think it's high time that we, the loyal sports fans of Cleveland, band together and get a restraining order against Hugh Jackson. Because it just doesn't seem like he can leave us alone, like a scorned lover or something. I don't know, maybe something you'd see on Jerry Springer. Crazy. I don't know, man. Let me know what you think. Um, I was also thinking to myself, wow. Who were the geniuses that thought Odell Beckham Jr. wanted to be a Cleveland Brown? But I couldn't remember, so maybe you guys can remind me. Hey, you guys are doing a great job. Thanks, man. See you. All right. I, I <laughs> that, that had me cracking up. Um, Hugh Jackson's kind of like a stalker for, for uh, Browns fans. Uh, won't go away. Wish him the best at Grambling State. Um, we'll get to the second part of that, the Odell Beckham thing. Um, but yeah, Hugh, move on, Hugh. I wouldn't think you want to relive this. It wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, you know, rewrite things at Grambling State where you're now the head coach. I, I wish him the best. I want him to do well. I don't root against anybody. But man, move on. Yeah, I kind of want him to do at Grambling State what Deion Sanders is doing at Jackson State. Do I think he's going to be able to get the number one recruit in the country and in a future year? No, I don't think so, because that's one in a, in a lifetime situation. But 
Yeah, I, it's hard to believe that Hugh Jackson just can't seem to let this go. I mean, maybe part of it is just that he hadn't been able to get a job in the NFL as a result of this. Maybe he feels scorned or whatever. And it's like I was saying earlier, I mean, in the NFL, you got to perform. It's a results business. And if you don't get the results, you're not going to get the jobs. And that's the bottom line with Hugh Jackson. And maybe he feels like, the team didn't tell him how bad things were going to be. And I mean, they took it down to the studs before the 2016 season, try to rebuild. But as a coach, you got to know what you're signing up for. You got to know for a hundred percent that this is going to be a rebuilding job that you got to find a way to maximize what you have on your roster. And he didn't do it. And I'm always thinking about 2017 with the yo-yoing he did with Deshaun Kaiser quarterback playing with four different quarterbacks that season you know, and I know Kaiser wasn't good that season. I'm not, I'm not making excuses for Deshaun Kaiser, but he did nothing to help him. He did nothing to make his job easier. He did nothing to help his offense. In fact, I'd argue he held them back even more than you would think for that for that team because you just never saw any creativity. You never saw him get the most out of anybody. And, you know, there's some coaches that can elevate teams and make them better than the sum of their parts. Hugh Jackson was not even close to them. That's why it took him so long to get another job. Yeah. And, and as far as the Odell Beckham Jr. thing is, uh, John Dorsey is the guy who went out and, and engineered that trade. Um, <clears throat> and I get it. You know, if a guy doesn't want to be here, you can't make somebody. You know, it It was, um, I, I think it was Mike Tomlin that said, we're looking for volunteers, not prisoners. And, and Odell acted like he was a prisoner of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and I, and like you said about Hugh Jackson, it was something at the time with Odell Beckham that seemed like a no-brainer. You know, John Dorsey trying to bring in a guy to at, take this offense to the next level. But if if the guy just doesn't want to be here, doesn't want to perform, and all the things he said really have kind of changed my opinion of how this is this played out. I I thought for a while this was a decision that even after they let him go that I would have done the trade again. But now you look back on it, you I would like you, you keep that pick and maybe take Hollywood Brown, reunite Baker with his college teammate from Oklahoma, see if you can make that work, instead of you know giving up a whole lot for a guy who really created a problem for those last couple of seasons, particularly the way he left in 2021, and he kind of left an offense in his wake when he went to Los Angeles. Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, and I are going to step aside, taking a quick time out on the other side of the break. Another voicemail of truth and reason uh, about 2020, um, 2021, and Baker Mayfield. Uh, we will also take a look at some free agent wide receivers, Sports for CLE. Talking Browns, stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. 
It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking uh, Browns football with Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Time for us to head back to the voicemail of truth and reason. Uh, this one about uh, Baker Mayfield and uh, the last couple of seasons. Everybody keeps talking about Baker Mayfield's great 2020 season, and it was good. But at the same time, nobody acknowledges that they had a cakewalk of a schedule. So was it really showing how good Baker was, or was this year when they played talented teams showing how good Baker was? And then Baker being injured, I'm sure it impacted him. But at the same time, he's the one who decided he wanted to play, and when you play, it's on you. Beckham's doing great in L.A., and maybe he didn't want to be in Cleveland that much, but had nothing to do with overthrowing balls. And one of the problems I noticed with the playoff teams going to the Super Bowl in the playoffs they hit their receivers open, and receivers catch and run. Baker throws into a window with two or three guys hanging on you. As soon as you catch the ball, you got cream. So I like, I'm, I'm kind of like your opinion of how can you compare 2020 with 2021 when one was a tougher schedule and one was a cakewalk schedule. Thank you. And as always, we appreciate uh, the voicemails. Um, Tim Bielek, it's – you can't debate it. The 2021 season and schedule was much more difficult than the 2020. Um, as far as hitting receivers open, yeah, you, you have to hit them when they're open. But right now the Browns need some receivers that are going to get open, some guys that threaten defenses. There really aren't any. Offensively, the, the lone guy that I think that threatens a defense is Nick Chubb. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going back to what he was saying about 2020, I think we all recognize that that was a much easier schedule, especially compared to uh, 2021 and what the Browns had to deal with. But I think part of that also was, you know, Kevin Stefanski's scheme still being kind of new. Um, and, you know, teams hadn't really quite figured out exactly what was working because they hadn't had months to study it and really figure out what was going on there. In 2021, they really made the adjustment. And obviously, we saw a lot more man coverage in 2021 than we did in 2020 when watching the Browns. And these rece the receivers the Browns had, I mean, that the big issue was they struggled to get open. They didn't really have a guy who could consistently beat one-on-one -on -one to get, get a defense out of man coverage, get him into a zone, and then really free things up for other players. But... And that I think was really kind of what's what held the offense back. I mean, how many times was Baker kind of sitting there looking for somewhere to go, but nobody was open. It was blanket coverage. They had those receivers covered, and Baker just kind of had to to tuck the ball and run or whatever, or take the sack, throw it away, whatever. 
he needs some help. And I think it's, it's easy to put on the quarterback and obviously Baker did not play well. I'm not excusing, you know, his level of play, but we also have to consider the fact that injuries, the fact that he was wearing a harness that directly impacted his mechanics had something to do with his performance and it probably weighed on him mentally as the season wore on. But you know, when your quarterback's down 100%, you got to have someone to help him out, and that just never came in 2021 for him. Yeah, I, I would agree. And uh, look, when Baker Mayfield plays well, I'm I'm going to celebrate it and say, guy played well. He didn't play well. There are a lot of reasons why whomever, Baker Mayfield or whomever is the quarterback for the Browns, needs to play substantially better uh, than Baker Mayfield did uh, this past season. One thing that can help that, wide receivers. Let's take a look at some of the names as uh, free agent wide receivers. And, and when you look at it, you got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Christian Kirk, um, DJ Chark. The ages are what we're looking at here. These are all guys that are 25. Um, that kind of seems to be, I believe, that is kind of the sweet spot for Andrew Barry as far as uh, you know, signing guys. Guys that are still ascending maybe a little bit coming into that second NFL contract. Trent Sherfield is another one that's um, a guy that plays for the 49ers who made some big catches. Uh, you know, won't be as much of a top dollar guy. The guy that jumps out there, if they can find a way to get Chris Godwin um, for Tampa from Tampa Bay, and um, it, it appears that the Buccaneers may be very well um, – kind of tearing things down a little bit with Tom Brady retiring. Godwin would be the guy that, you know, would be a huge upgrade and, and does a lot of things well. Now he is coming off an ACL injury, so that's something to be concerned about as well. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that uh, that list of the guys you posted, like Chris Godwin clearly sticks out as the best of that bunch. I mean, he was certainly as effective as Mike Evans on that on really taking away, taking half the field up and really being a key part of that passing game for Tom Brady when he was healthy, no question about it. Outside of him, you know, I look at that list. Uh, Michael Gallup from the Cowboys interests me because he was always, I always thought he was underrated, kind of playing with Amari Cooper and now CD Lamb's emergence in Dallas kind of makes Gallup expendable. DJ Shark was a guy who always interested in me because I always thought he had great athletic metrics. I thought when he was out there, he played pretty well. Guy who needs a little bit of development, but, you know, a guy that I think can be effective. Christian Kirk would be kind of another guy I would look at. I would look at him kind of number two after Godwin. I've always – I loved Christian Kirk as a player in college when he was playing, I believe, for Texas A&M. And now in the NFL, he's put up some good numbers. Uh, I'm, I can't imagine the Cardinals are going to have enough money to pay everybody, especially with Kyler being due his big contract pretty soon. So the Browns should have – plenty of options to go for in that free agent market. So here's another question. Obviously um, the system is not one that elite wide receivers want to play in. You, you had Odell wanted out of it. Stefan Diggs wanted out of Minnesota, same system. Um, is it more realistic to, to potentially try to trade for a guy that is going to come in? And, and I'm thinking of Calvin Ridley. It's a guy who needed a break, um, you know, mental health, wanted to step away and, and get things right this season um, after a couple of games. Um, is that somebody that, you know, you, you think the Browns should be interested in trying to trade with the Falcons for, because he probably needs a change of scenery is what it, what I'm guessing. 
Yeah, Ridley's a guy I would definitely be interested in. I thought he was very good at Atlanta. You know, people could be say what they want about the the uh, break he took. I think, you know, I'm always a believer that mental health stuff and the leave he took there was as important as, you know, if say if you sprain a knee and you're out four to six weeks, it's a very similar thing. It's just so, you know, there's got you got to have some respect for a guy who's willing to prioritize his mental health in that situation. But from a football player perspective, Ridley can perform. I mean, he's a very good receiver when he's out there. He target for Matt Ryan. I know that Atlanta is going to have to rebuild a little bit with Matt, Matt Ryan kind of being in the final years. They'll kind of have to rebuild that offense around what they have skill-wise with Kyle Pitts, who had a very good season as the as the number four pick in the draft. But maybe that's an option you do explore. I mean, just like quarterback, you got to have you got to really explore all these avenues and see what works best for you from a value perspective and who kind of fits in with the team. And I think when it comes to the system, you know, I, I do feel like Kevin Stefanski has kind of got to be more willing to be open to playing more receivers, especially with, you know, the way the teams like the Rams and the Bengals have performed when they've relied on multiple receivers and leaning on those perimeter players to make plays. I think that's something he's got to be open to adjusting going into the season. Yeah, I would agree um, that they got to find a way to threaten the defense and have more explosive plays. Um, so some news from the uh, the Senior Bowl. Um, Lasitas Smith, guard from uh, Virginia Tech, um, says the Browns have been showing some interest in him. Teams that maybe have taken, a, you feel like, a strong liking to you or that you've really thought was maybe a good fit through, like, interviews and stuff? Yes, um, there was a, a few. I feel like the Browns. I feel like the Browns, um, they're... Uh, Player scout, I, I guess I don't know the correct term. Their player scout. Um, I feel like he really likes him. Um, you know, he's pretty interested. I mean, we talked a few times, and it's always been really, really good combos. I feel like the Buffalo Bills did their homework on me. Yeah, they knew a good bit before I ever sat down, sat down with them. So um, I feel like that says something. I mean. That's just a guess. That, you know, it's just my in my opinion. But um, hopefully, it means something. And again, uh, Smith, a guy that won't go in the first round. The Browns can never have enough offensive linemen. Look what, you know, Browns thought they were deep on the offensive line and, you know, they're on their fifth tackle before you know it, who's starting. Yeah, he's absolutely. I mean, as much as I'm a guy who loves talking about skill players and all that stuff, I think if I had a draft rule, it's no matter what, you're taking a lineman every year. And I was, you know, taking a look at Lasita Smith's profile a little bit before we came on out of the break. You know, he's got good size, six foot four, about 325 pounds, uh, about six, three, I should say, 320 pounds. He may not be the longest guy, but it seems like he plays with plenty of power. And you always want to see that out of your interior alignment. I think what's going to be interesting, you know, what whenever they decided to take him, he could be maybe he's a late day two guy, a day three guy. With interior offensive linemen in this zone blocking scheme with Bill Callahan, it's I think it's always going to come down to how well can guys move because you're always moving the line. You're always going to different areas. Guys will have to pull. We've seen just how effective Wyatt Teller has been as a pulling guard throughout uh, you know his uh, last couple of seasons with the Browns. So this could be an interesting depth piece. I got to do probably a little more diving into the depth offensive linemen as we kind of go along, but – you know, it, it's always interesting to see kind of what teams, what players that say that what, I mean, who t- who talks to who at the senior bowl, obviously 
teams are looking to get every piece of information and get as many players as possible. It could just be a due diligence thing, but you know, I obviously can't have enough offensive linemen and especially in the interior, the, how physical the Browns want to be, especially running the football, getting more reinforcements at that guard position is not a bad idea. Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. We continue talking Browns. We head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, this one about the front office and Kevin Stefanski. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Tim Bielek and I continue talking Browns, and it is time to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, this one about the Browns' uh, front office and head coach. Dave, in the next few weeks, I would like to give my opinion on the different parts of the Browns, starting with Browns management. Great job so far accumulating a competitive team. Positions I believe you must address immediately, wide receiver, more alignment, both offense and defense, and definitely specialty team players. Next, head coach Stefanski. I like and want you as a head coach of the Browns for many years to come, but as a complete head coach, handling all aspects of the team. My dislikes, you started out with a very good roster, but did not mold them together immediately. You wasted training camp and preseason. Play calling. I wish you would turn that over to a very good offensive coordinator, but if not, you need to learn to adjust quickly. Defensive coaches are figuring you out. And worst negative, the handling of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and um, again, Ron, we appreciate it. Ron Byer, a frequent voicemail contributor. Um, that The handling of Baker Mayfield, is that's a tough one. Um, there are two schools of thought in that, Tim. Uh, one is your starting quarterback is your starting quarterback, and if he's good to go, you know, okay, you, you put him in there. The other school of thought is uh, you got to tell a competitor, no, you need to sit down. It's almost like, you know, you've taken enough body blows. It's the fighter mentality. He wants to get up and wants to go at it, and at some point in time, you got to protect him from himself. Yeah, and I think that's got to be part of the growth with Baker. And I think, you know, we just saw that with a bunch of guys is you're not just Baker, but Jedrick Wills. I mean, trying to fight through the ankle sprain, you know, the first couple of games after suffering the ankle injury. I mean, he was he had to leave those games in the second half because he just couldn't keep going. So it would have been a good opportune time for Stefanski to kind of shut him down for a little bit. And I think Baker may feel the same kind of thing because, I mean, yeah, he could be out there, but just because you were out there doesn't mean you're performing at the level you're you're supposed to be. And I think with the shoulder harness and especially after the Arizona game, after the humerus bone in that shoulder was broken, Baker was just never going to be the same until he got the surgery. So I think 
that would have been it would have been wise in hindsight, obviously, to kind of shut him down at that point. But you know, that's part of the growing that's part of growing as a head coach. And I would I hope for you know the Browns' sake that he really learns that going into 22. As for Andrew Barry, I think Browns fans should be comp- confident in what he can do as a, as a general manager. I mean, I look at his first two drafts. I think he's done a very good job. You look at the picks of the first two rounds, each of the last two drafts. I know Jedrick Wills has kind of struggled a little bit, but Grant Delpit really looked promising at the end of this past season. Greg Newsom and Jeremiah Wusukormo look like potential studs on this defense. He's found some guys who can play in the later rounds. I mean, he's doing a pretty good, he's doing a really good job, I think, drafting. It's just a matter of, you know, him continuing to do that and doing it, you know, for the offense now, trying to find another quality receiver to help out this offense. Maybe he'll have to do it. Maybe he'll have to nail the quarterback, but there should be some confidence, you know, from Browns fans that they have a guy in in Andrew Barry who can nail these picks. Yeah, I am. Um, absolutely. And um, here's the thing. You're never going to hit on every draft pick or every free agent signing. Uh, the thing that's impressive is you got guys in like Demetric Felton looks like he can play in the league for a while. DPJ looks like he can play in Donovan Peoples Jones looks like he can play in the league for a while. Even James Hudson, you know, struggled early, but he looks, you see what they see in him. Now there are picks that he's made the last couple of years that you kind of scratch your head about free agent signings. Those aren't always going to work out either. You know, Hooper doesn't look like a very good one. Clowney looked like a really good one. So, but by and large, Nothing that he has done makes you go, man, what was he thinking there? You, you can understand what he has done um, with each of the moves that he's made. Um, let's it, it, That kind of flows right into where I want to go next. Uh, pro football focus chart on um, everybody's effective cap space and draft capital. And, and when you look at it, you look at the Browns, they have just over $28 million in cap space. They have a, a decent amount of draft capital as well. Um, so you're giving Andrew Barry the tools to go out and improve this team, identify the areas you need to improve and go out and improve it. And he really has done that the last two seasons. Um, you know, the, the, for whatever reason, didn't work out um, last year when, when they went eight and nine. Yeah. I mean, with Andrew Barry and all the decisions he's made in these past two off seasons, everything's made sense. You know, like you said, it's hard to find anything that you can really scratch your head about something that didn't make sense. These are all decisions you can understand that you don't have to like jump through a bunch of hoops to figure out, you know, exactly what was kind of going through his head when he made these decisions. These are very logical choices he's making and more often than not, I'd say they work out at least even or in a positive direction, which I think is all you're kind of asking that you that you at least hit as much as you miss. You at least go 500, and if you if you can hit hit big as well and try and get a star, a Pro Bowl, or an All Pro, whatever. But you you know going in this offseason again, you know the Browns have continued to do a good job of managing, you know, the payroll, the salary cap assets. They really haven't spent a lot of assets there. They haven't been like a team like the Rams who have pushed all their chips into the middle of the table to go all in. I'm curious if in a couple of years, if, if, you know, whatever happens a quarterback makes them a Super Bowl team or whatever, if that'll happen, if he ever gets into a situation where 
assets don't matter. You know, cap space doesn't matter. It's just all about winning right now. I I wonder if that's going to happen. But right now, considering where the Browns are, going into the offseason on the outside, looking into the playoffs, having things to work with is a good thing to have for a guy in Andrew Barry who seems like he knows what he's doing with those assets. Yeah, and the other thing is uh, the salary cap is going up, 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 up. Uh, the, the revenue streams are coming in, and and they're going to continue to come in as more and more legalized sports betting comes in. They're positioned really well, and um, the front office has a pretty good idea uh, of, of how to make sure salary cap doesn't become an issue. Um, <clears throat> before we go to a break, let's take a look. This is uh, from the Pro Bowl Skills Competition, 40-yard dash. Micah Parsons, Nick Chubb, Tariq Hill going, uh, going at it last night in the 40-yard dash at the Pro Bowl Skills Competition. Of a slow start for the fastest man in the world. Oh. <laughs> and I think Micah without the shirt won. Tyree didn't even get down in the stands. <laughs> oh, he will never hear the end of this. <laughs> wow. Could not have seen that coming. He went right to Chubb, too. He, he made that personal. And he was... And he was smiling the whole way. <laughs> so Micah Parsons, the rookie linebacker, beats Nick Chubb by a little bit. But Tariq Hill, the, the cheetah, by a lot. That's embarrassing for, for uh, Tariq Hill. I mean, at least Nick Chubb was in the same zip code. Yeah, I mean, we forget Nick Chubb was a track star in high school. There's always that photo you see where he's so much bigger than everybody else and he's jumping up in the air and he looks like he's five or six feet off the ground. And it's 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 impressive athleticism. You see the speed. I don't know what happened with Tyreek Hill, whether he wasn't taking it seriously or if the start was earlier than he expected or whatever. I don't know, but can't doubt how athletic Micah Parsons is. I mean, he's a stud in Dallas. I think his talent was never... A question, and it's good to see for him and for the Cowboys that that's worked out, and he's got a chance to be an outstanding player over there in Dallas. Well, you know, the way Nick Chubb and Mike Parsons are going to tell it, you know, Tariq Hill just didn't get out of the blocks. He was down in the count and just uh, got out to a slow start. All right, uh, Tim Bielik and I are going to step aside, take a quick timeout. We change our focus to the Cavaliers. Uh, one all-star, one possible all-star, a couple of rising stars. We're talking Cavs. When Sports for CLE continues, stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. We turn our attention to the Cavaliers. Darius Garland uh, named an all-star yesterday. One of the reserves. He is the first all-star selection for the Cavs since LeBron James and Kevin Love back in 2018. Here's the reaction from Garland and his teammates. 
thanks to Brandon Goodwin's Instagram. Tim, uh, again, you can't fake that kind of stuff. Um, teammates happy for him at making his first All-Star uh, game. He'll be a reserve, was selected as a wild card. That shows you a little bit of how close this team is. Yeah, I mean, it's the chemistry thing that they've been talking about all year with this Cavaliers team, just how close they are. I mean, that's genuine. I mean... This was one of those all-star things where, you know, the picks didn't leak. You know, the first time you heard any of this when it came to the starters or the reserves or even the rising stars was TNT telling everybody. But, you know, it's been an, it's an amazing meteoric rise for Garland. I mean, you look back at his rookie season, you could argue he was one of the worst players in the NBA as a rookie. But just the growth he took from that point on, you know, now that he's gotten a lot healthier, you know, we started to see more of the gifts that make him absolutely special. You know, the shooting stroke is is so fluid. The way he reads the game is tremendous. I The pants, passes are getting fancier and fancier from him. The no-look to Evan Mobley where Mobley goes and posterizes Giannis in that game against the Bucks was absolutely tremendous. Um, the talent is absolutely sensational with Garland. And remember, he's still a young guy. They're, the arrow is still pointing up with him, so... It's going to be fascinating to see how he continues to grow, but this is just validation of just a player who's continued to get better and really kind of rising up the rising up the NBA rankings and just the way he's grown and kind of helped put the team on his back throughout the season. I mean, it's a great reward for a player who's clearly worked very hard. So um, let's take a look at the all-star snubs. This courtesy CBSSports.com Eastern Conference. Jarrett Allen, uh, the Cavs, and, and a lot of people had this as the uh, the top snub. Now, it's important to note that um, Allen, uh, you know, Darius Garland was noted as a or was selected as a wild card. So there's three front court guys, three, um, a couple of back court guys, a couple of wild card guys, two and two. Um, now, the thing that I will also say, uh, Kevin Durant isn't going to be able to play in the all-star game. So, I think the guy that is going to get named is going to be Jared Allen. He makes the most sense. Um, and let's be honest, he deserved to be an all-star. You run into that, there's a number of guys deserve to be all-stars. There's a limited amount of spots. <laughs> he got 12 spots. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm still kind of surprised when I only have 12 players per team in the all-star game. I don't know why it's not 13 or even 14, but – when they announced the results, I'll admit I was a little more surprised that Garland got in over Allen, whereas the other way around, just because, you know, it's so much tougher for a guard to get into the All-Star game right now. I thought LaMelo Ball would have probably gotten a nod over Darius Garland, but Jared Allen certainly, I think, should have gotten a call. I think, obviously, he still has got a good chance to get the call. I mean, the Cavs aren't where they are in part because of just how tremendous Allen has been on the defensive end of the floor, the way he just kind of protects the rim, really controls the pain more often than not. He plays with a lot of energy. I mean, he's got, he averages double-double. He's been sensational this season, validating that $100 million contract he signed with the Cavs in the offseason. 
So it, it would not be a shock if he gets a call into the game. We'll find out, obviously, in the next week or two, you know, what Adam Silver decides to do to replace Kevin Durant in the game. But would not shock me if Jared Allen gets a call and then the Cavs, who've been the surprise of the NBA this season, get two guys into the game. All right. Uh, before I let you go, trade deadline coming up Thursday. Um, by all accounts, most people think the Cavs will be active. Who, who do you hope that the Cavs are able to add? And you know the names that are out there. Who do you think makes the most sense? Well, I know there's a lot of talk around Karis LeVert of the Pacers, and I think he'd be a good fit just because he's a guy who can create his own shot. He can get to the basket. He's athletic and guard a couple different positions. But the guy that's kind of on my – that I think would be a great fit is Derek White from the Spurs. I look at a guy, he's six foot five. He can defend well. He can shoot from the perimeter, which I think is something – the Cavs desperately need is a guy who can shoot from the perimeter opposite Darius Garland to keep opening up the floor for those big guys to keep the spacing out there. I know his shooting percentage isn't great this year, but historically he's shown he could shoot well. And, you know, he's a guy who I think still has plenty of upside left in his game. Maybe he's a guy who can is one of those guys who can't just score, but can also defend. So you're not sacrificing defense for offense because the defense is what's made this team so special. So White would be an interesting guy. Dennis Schroeder would be an interesting pickup as well if they're able, if they're looking for a point guard or Goran Dragic. Because I think either one of those guys, if you can replace some of what you lost with Ricky Rubio, even 60 to 70%, this team can start to look a little more like it did, you know, before Rubio went down. So I think two moves may be needed. I'm curious, you know, what they could pull off and how soon they could pull it off, especially with Darius Garland set to miss tonight. They could use some reinforcements and in a big way. Yeah, I agree with you, especially about the backup point guard. Um, they need two. Um, Rondo hasn't been able to shoot the ball like they had hoped. They, they kind of knew what they were getting. But the the the, the Cavs look drastically different uh, without Darius Garland out there, and they didn't when they had Ricky Rubio. Tim Bielek, as always, man, thanks so much for the time and the insights. Uh, appreciate it very much, Tim. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, Tim Bielek, make sure you read them, Page of the Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com. Uh, we're going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, Ashley Bastock joins us. We are talking Browns and uh, a guy who has opened up some eyes at the Senior Bowl. Sports for CLE switches back to the Browns when we return. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. I am powerful beyond my wildest imagination. 
I will define my future. I will keep challenging myself to improve. Because I am a future leader of this great nation. I will be responsible for raising a beautiful family. And educating not only my generation, but many more to come. I will make a difference in my community. And I will stand up for what I believe in. I will not settle for simply chasing my dreams, I will achieve them. Because I was given a chance. An opportunity. A home. At Family, Career, and Community Leaders of America. The ultimate leadership experience. FCCLA has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. It's made me who I am today. Join us. We'll build a new future together. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. We continue uh, to shift our focus. We're going to go back and talk a little bit uh, about football and the Browns. So uh, Dane Brugler, one of the top draft analysts um, for the Athletic um, out at the Senior Bowl, says this about um, Miami of Ohio and Canton McKinley alum Dominique Robinson. You see his size, a, a, um, an edge, so defensive end, um, has only recently switched to the defensive side of the football back in 2020, was a quarterback at McKinley, uh, but Robinson showed burst off the ball, challenged the corner um, on his reps. You saw the bend and the body control. Um, and again, Robinson looking uh, like a top 100 uh, kind of prospect um, as they move forward, an impressive week of practice at the senior bowl. Let's see what happens uh, during the game. Let's welcome in Ashley Bastock, uh, reporter for the plain dealer, as well as cleveland.com. Um, and Ashley, uh, uh, a local guy showing up and, um, and showing pretty well and not, not a surprise. Uh, uh, there are guys from the mid American conference every year uh, that show out and, and end up being very good draftable prospects. Yeah, you know, this is the time of year where you see guys' draft profiles rise. Like, this is the perfect time of year where these things happen. Uh, you obviously have the All-Star Games, like obviously the Senior Bowl, and our Mary Kay Cabot was down there this week doing some coverage. Uh, you'll have the Combine coming up. You'll have Pro Days coming up. So guys are definitely going to start rising the ranks in a way that I think could originally be somewhat unexpected. Um, and when we talk about the Browns, you know, for example, their needs, like I think everyone right now anticipates that they might look at receivers, but obviously edge rushers are, are a position of need for them as well in the event that they don't re-sign a guy like Jadavian Clowney. So lots can change between now and draft day. And that's what all of these events and whatnot are for. And uh, guys like that are going to see their profiles rise a little bit when they start showing up, uh, you know, with, with some of these national evaluators and guys who do the mock drafts like Dane Brugler and things like that. So uh, this is the time of year where you see that recognition start popping up in maybe some unexpected places. So when you look at the Browns, um, the 13th pick in the first round, where do you think they go? And not necessarily a name, but do you think they address wide receiver? Would you be surprised if it isn't a wide receiver at 13 overall? 
Um, you know, in my mind, for me, concerning my preferences, I would still like to see them use that on a receiver. I think the receiver room needs the most retooling on this team overall. Um, I think they need to add somebody in the draft and they need to add somebody in free agency there because Donovan Peoples-Jones, while I think he can be successful on this team and in the NFL, was not put in some of the best positions. And I just think that room needs retooling. He needs to be given a chance to succeed where he can, and that just isn't at an X receiver spot. I think that's what the Browns need more of. That being said, there are lots of things that can happen. There are trades that could happen. There's free agency moves that can happen uh, that the Browns might not ultimately need that number 13 pick on a receiver. And in that event, you know, I would potentially like to see them go the edge rusher route. A guy who I have been a fan of there is David Ojabo out of Michigan. Ohio State fans are probably familiar with him. He showed up in all of the big games this year for Michigan. And for me, what's so intriguing about him is he hasn't been playing football that long. So he still has a lot of room to grow. I believe he only started playing football later in high school. So he's still fairly new to the game. And you look at some of the numbers he put up, the way he can get to a quarterback, a guy like that could potentially be intriguing. Um, and again, you know, there's a lot of questions, I think, about what Jadavian Clowney is ultimately going to decide to do. But you want somebody who can play strongly alongside Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett likes that sort of competition, I think. So overall, there's a couple different routes I could see them going at pick number 13. But I think for me right now, wide receiver is still at the top of my list in wanting a really premier guy out of this draft in the first round. All right, so brownsnation.com, two players most likely to improve in 2022. Uh, they say Greg Newsom and Donovan Peoples-Jones. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think Greg Newsom definitely has room to take a jump, as does Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Um, now, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, is interesting. I wouldn't have necessarily thought of him in this spot, but if we were going defense and offense, I get why you said a guy like that, because he's still fairly young. He's a sixth round pick. I think there's still room for him to improve given his traits. But another guy on the defense I want to signal single out who I think could really make a jump is John Johnson the third. And obviously you looked at him, he was pretty established when he came to Cleveland, right? But I think the fact that he Actually, when you look at his full year, he came along better in the back half of the year. He really improved as he got used to his role in this defense. But I think overall, he played better in L.A. than he did in Cleveland last year. So given that, I think he has a room to make a pretty big jump the second year in Joe Woods' scheme. So I think that's something to be optimistic about. But I definitely agree that Greg Newsom given the fact that he's only a rookie, you'd like to see guys make, I think about like a 40% jump from that rookie year to that second year. He definitely can do that. And we saw what he did against strong competition like Jamar Chase in that first Bengals game. He really has lived up to the height. So definitely very high on him in terms of ways that he can make jumps and improve next year. Ashley Bastock and I are gonna step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. Uh, we will shift our attention uh, back to the Cavs. Uh, we'll hear what Ty Lue thinks about the job J.B. Bickerstaff is doing. Sports for CLE. We will talk Cavs when we return. Stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. 
a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Thanks for buying a fishing license. I want you to picture all the great things this simple purchase does. Like building public boat ramps, keeping local waters clean, and maintaining a healthy fish population. What's mom doing? When you buy a fishing license, you do a lot. Every dollar protects and maintains your local waterways for future generations to enjoy. Visit TakeMeFishing.org. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. We are talking Cavs uh, All-Star Game here in Cleveland. Now, uh, during his playing days, uh, Joachim Noah from the Chicago Bulls uh, was not a fan of Cleveland. So um, the NBA got him back to uh, help promote this year's All-Star Game here in Cleveland. Do you regret anything that you said about Cleveland? Not at all. I mean... You think it's cool? I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. What's so good about Cleveland? The king of the fourth. DeMar DeRozan missed the fourth quarter. Oh, DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan. To win it. Maybe Cleveland isn't is not that bad. Have fun in Cleveland, guys. I'll be in Mexico with a margarita. Ashley Vastock, uh, they put together some really nice promotional spots and commercials. That being one of them is uh, Noah was a guy during his playing days who said a lot of bad things about Cleveland because of the rivalry that was going on with the Bulls. Yeah, I think a commercial like that is all good and fun at this point, although I think a lot of Cavs fans probably still are not super fond of him. But, you know, All-Star Weekend is creeping up here. We're only a couple weeks out from it. It's going to come up on us fast. So good for the NBA for finding a unique way to promote that weekend here um, by getting a guy who obviously people in Cleveland have a lot of strong feelings about still, I think it's safe to say. And again, you know, you can't promote the weather in Cleveland in February, so you, you might as well have fun with it. Um, you know, the, the job J.B. Bickerstaff has done is, might be getting a little overlooked by folks outside of Cleveland. Let's take a look. Ty Lue, uh, who was the Cavs head coach when they won the championship game. Now Clippers head coach uh, when they won the championship. Now the Clippers head coach, um, he said if he had a vote, his vote would go to J.B. Bickerstaff as the NBA's coach of the year. 
There's good reason. I mean, that nobody expected the Cavs to do well. And when you look at what this team has overcome, Sexton out for the year, Rubio out for the year, um, you know, Garland missing time, Okoro's missed time, Mobley's missed time, Allen's missed time. Still, they're only a couple of games out of the top spot in the Eastern Conference. It's been impressive. Yeah, I agree with Ty Lue. If I had a vote for coach of the year, it would also go to J.B. Bickerstaff. And mainly that has to do with the fact, find me the person who saw this coming with the Cavs, because I don't think that person exists. The way they have turned around so quickly after losing a franchise player in LeBron James is quite honestly remarkable. And I had the opportunity to ask Dwayne Wade about that on a conference call that TNT did a couple weeks ago uh, in advance of their Tuesday night coverage starting back up with him. And he brought that up as well, that you think about the Bulls. Look how long it took the Bulls to recover after Michael Jordan left. It takes a long time when you lose a player of that talent caliber who is the face of the league in a lot of ways. And the way they have just built this young core, they've done it their own way. They've essentially found their own style with playing three big men a lot of the time that is out of the norm and that suits them and other teams haven't been able to stop it. So I think given everything and now all the injuries that they're obviously having to work through, J.B. Bickerstaff definitely, definitely deserves to be in that competition for the pure fact of not many people saw this coming. Yeah, and you know what? Points to Kobe Altman because he kept picking guys that were good players. You know, they didn't get the ping pong ball to fall the way they wanted. Uh, They ended up with Darius Garland. They ended up with Colin Sexton. They ended up with Isaac Okoro. And then you get Evan Mobley and you, and you sign, you get Jared Allen, you sign Laurie Markkinen and you put everything together. So they accumulated guys that could play and then they figured out how to make it work. Yeah. You know, credit to Kobe Altman for this draft strategy of taking best available, because I think a lot of guys wouldn't have the maybe courage is the right word to do that. Considering they drafted you, you alluded to it right there. They drafted Darius Garland the year after they drafted Colin Sexton. I think a lot of people thought they were nuts when they did that. Then they signed Jarrett Allen to this big extension. And what do they do last in last year's draft? They take a big guy at number three. You know, they didn't let that stop them. They realized, and Kobe Altman realized at that time, that accumulating this talent was extremely important given what they lost. And they would figure out how all the pieces work together eventually, even if it takes some time and you got to give young players some time to adjust. And it's a strategy that has paid off. And I'm definitely curious to see if this has any effect across the rest of the league, quite honestly, and how other maybe GMs who are rebuilding themselves kind of look and approach drafts. Uh, If they lose key pieces in free agency or to retirement, whatever the case may be. But I definitely think that Kobe Altman really stuck to his guns and ultimately it paid off. And we're seeing the results of that this season. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I was one of the guys that was kind of scratching my head going, how do those fit together? And, and the answer is we'll figure it out. You know, when, when you got guys that can play, it's easier to figure it out. Ashley Bastock, thanks so much for the time and, uh, and the insight. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. All right, Ashley Bastock, make sure you read her pages of the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Before we go, um, uh, one more voicemail um, of truth and reason. Uh, this one from a viewer. Um, and again, we encourage you to um, 
you see the, the number down there to call in, we encourage you uh, to leave the voicemails that you can um, because that will steer the, what we talk about on the show each and every day. But time to head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Hey, Steve Lannon. I just want to thank you. I've been gone about 30 years from Ohio, but I discovered your show this year, and I've been able to follow the Browns. I've watched every one of your shows. I just wanted to thank you and keep up the good work. And again, we appreciate that. Uh, that's a uh, extremely nice voicemail. That's what we hope to do. And again, um, we want more voicemails. Uh, they're increasing. We want to keep them increasing. You see the number 216-200-6650. Leave us your comment and it will steer the conversation for future shows. That'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you back here Monday at four o'clock. Um, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday at four on Sports for CLE.